the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, Senior Pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. The title of the message today is Giving Thanks to God. Giving Thanks to God. This is a special day in the life of People's Baptist Church. Each year on Thanksgiving Sunday, we celebrate both Thanksgiving and loyal today, a day when we show loyalty to Christ and his church by giving a sacrificial gift. It is always appropriate for a Christian to express gratitude to God for his many blessings. Now, there are four things for which we should give thanks to God on this Thanksgiving Sunday. First, we should give thanks for the grace God has shown us. Thanks for the grace God has shown us. And so the question could be asked, what is grace? Grace is God's love in action, but there are many other descriptions of grace. Someone said grace is when God gives to us what we need, not what we deserve. Or grace is anything that I desperately need, that I don't deserve, that I could never repay, but God gives it to me anyway. And another person says, grace is a face that God puts on when he looks at my mistakes, my faults, and my failures. It is the free gift of God which we can never earn, and we don't deserve. You see, every beat of her heart, every step of her feet, every action of her hands, every function of her body, every sound of her voice, every thought of her mind is possible only because of God's amazing grace to us. Everything that sin destroyed grace has restored. Whereas sin pushed us down, grace picked us up. Whereas sin separated us from God, grace drew us near to God. Whereas sin condemned us, God's grace made us righteous. Whereas sin left us in hunger, God's grace satisfied our soul. And where sin brought us death, God's grace brought us eternal life. 
and where our sin left us on shifting sand, God's grace put us on the solid rock. And where our sin caused us to become guilty, God's grace brought us forgiveness. And where our sin brought bondage, grace brought us glorious liberty. No wonder then that Christians love to sing about God's amazing grace. For what we could never have done for ourselves, God's grace did for us. Everything God does in us and through us and for us and to us and by us is by grace. Psalm 103 verses 2 through 10 gives us a laundry list of some of the things God does in our lives for which we ought to give thanks. The psalmist says, Praise the Lord, I tell myself, and never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He ransoms me from death and surrounds me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. The Lord is merciful and gracious. He's slow to get angry and full of unfailing love. He has not punished us for all our sins, nor does he deal with us as we deserve. So are those things for which we should joyfully give thanks to the Father? I think so. Aren't you glad that God doesn't give us what we deserve, but what we need? Aren't you glad that he rescued us from the dominion of darkness, as Paul says in, in uh, Colossians? You see, if your heart does not explode with gratitude when you understand the grace of God, then you have no idea what bad shape you were in before Christ came into your life. The one word which describes our life before we met Jesus Christ, if we are young adults or adults when we accepted Christ, is hopeless. Our lives had no meaning, no purpose. We experienced guilt, fear, worry, regrets in our lives. There was nothing that we could do to get rid of these things. We were headed for an eternity without God. But God came along in his wonderful love and said, I'm going to show you my grace. So praise God for his amazing grace. It is fitting that we should give thanks for all that God has done for us individually and, and co- collectively. You see, you are here today because of God's grace. You could have been in a grave. You could have been paralyzed by a stroke or an accident. You could have been in a hospital today, but you are here. And in the words of John Newton, through many dangerous toils and snares, I have already come. Tis grace hath brought us safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. So give God thanks for his grace. But secondly, we should give God thanks for the plan he has for us. For the plan he has for us. Life is not an accident. We were made for a reason. We were made for a purpose. God has a plan for our lives. 
Our parents may not have planned us, but God did. In Ephesians chapter 1, 4, and, and, and 5, the Apostle Paul says, Long ago, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. His unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. And this gave him great pleasure. See, from eternity, God had a plan for each of us, and that plan is being worked out in our lives right now. It started in eternity, but it will have its fulfillment in time. You see, it is not a plan that we have to worry about, that we have to be afraid of. It's a good plan. As God told the, the people of Israel in Jeremiah 29 and verse 11, which I believe also applies to us today, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Isn't that something we should joyfully give God thanks for? I would say so. See, God's plan is so good and so great that he even takes our mistakes, our faults, and the things that other people do to hurt us, weaves them all together and brings good out of them. You see, God's plan for our life is not all happy or all comfortable, as some people mistakenly think. It includes pain, sorrow, disappointments, and some unanswered prayers. Yet, through these things, he is working out his purposes in our lives. This is why the Apostle Paul is able to say in Romans chapter 8 and verse 28, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And the, the third thing for which we ought to give thanks is for the inheritance God has waiting for us. For the inheritance God has waiting for us. Peter tells us about, about this in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. He says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you. As Christians, we don't have to be afraid of the future. We should be the, be the most confident people about the future because we know how it is going to end. We know how the story ends. It's we are going to be with the Lord forever. Indeed, as Paul says, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. You see, humanity's mortality rate is 100%. With, the, with two exceptions, Enoch and Elijah. 
But everybody here today and everybody who will be listening to me by radio is terminal. Every human being is terminal. It is just a matter of time. But we don't have to be afraid of death, for death does not have the last word. Jesus does, and he says in John chapter 11, 25 and, and, and 26, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. That is something for which we ought to give God thanks. And as um, the, Paul also says that we have been qualified to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. It's Colossians 1.12. But he also says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and, and verse, verse 9, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. That calls for joyful thanks to the Father. But number four, we should give thanks for the changes God is making in us. For the changes God is making in us. I don't know about you, but I'm so glad that I'm not the same person I used to be. God is helping me make changes in my life I could never do on my own. You see, God is in the process of creating a masterpiece. And when he's finished with me, I will be the talk of heaven. The angels and the archangels will marvel at how God could take a sinful, imperfect lump of clay like me and make me into a perfect specimen of his grace. Oh, many of you have here have seen transformations in your life that no human being and no program, no therapy could ever have done. You have seen changes in your, in your marriage, changes in your relationships, changes in your attitude. You ought to be thankful from the bottom of your heart. The longer we are Christians, the more we forget what a good deal we have in Jesus Christ. We actually forget what it's like to live without hope, to live without help, to live without God's power, God's presence, God's peace, and God's protection. As soon as we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, he starts changing us. As 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18 tells us, here's the Apostle Paul saying, And as the Spirit of the Lord works within us, we become more and more like him, and reflect his glory even more. You see, that is God's goal for us, to make us into the image of his son, Jesus Christ, to make us like Jesus Christ. That, we, that should be the bottom line in everything we do in People's Baptist Church. You see, we are as a church in the life-changing business. When you boil it all down, it is not buildings. It is not programs. It is not music, although these things are important. 
It has changed lives. Why do we do what we are doing? Because we want to see lives changed, transformed into the image of Jesus Christ so that one of these days they can spend eternity with Christ. No matter how great our programs, no matter how large our budget, or how wonderful the fellowship that we experience here, if lives are not being changed, then we are not fulfilling God's purpose for our existence as a church. We are not just um, here to, to celebrate one another. We are here to reach out so that others may come to know the Christ whom we love and serve. In People's Baptist Church, I've seen a constant parade of changed lives over the past 36 years. They're not perfect, but their feet are in the right direction. And I thank God that they're not what they used to be. See, Paul prayed in Colossians chapter 1 that we would joyfully give thanks to the Father. And so the question we must raise is, how can we give thanks to God? And let me suggest four ways we can give thanks to God. Number one, by singing. Psalm 147 and verse 7 says, Sing out your thanks to him. Sing praises to God. But some, someone might say, well, I, but I can't sing. I don't have a, really have a voice to sing. Oh, certainly you may not be able to sing like members of the, of the choir. Uh, but the Bible says make a joyful noise unto the Lord. And I believe that everybody can make a joyful noise. You see, you can sing, maybe not in church, but you can sing in the shower. <laughs> you can sing at home. You can sing in the car while driving. And you can sing in a number of places. And in, in fact, you can even hum your praise and thanksgiving to God. Psychiatrists have discovered that singing praise actually lifts our spirits. Praise renews, praise rejuvenates, is a mood lifter. If you are feeling down, just start singing and watching the miracle of thanksgiving taking place in your heart. So we give thanks to God also by serving. We sing with our lips, but we serve with our lives. In Hebrews chapter 12 and verse, verse 28, uh, we read, Since we have a kingdom that nothing can destroy, let us please God by serving him with thankful hearts. Amen. You see, when we serve God, it is not some chore, some duty, some obligation. It is a privilege to be able to serve God. I need to mention that again and again. It's a privilege to be able to serve God. The motive for serving God, the motive for using our talents and gifts in serving God and in serving others is gratitude. In People's Baptist Church, lots of people are serving in little jobs, obscure jobs, or very visible jobs. But they are serving with thankful hearts. 
They do this because they love the Lord and they are thankful to him for his goodness. Oh, we sing our thanks with our lips, but we serve with our lives. But we also give thanks, number three, by giving. By giving. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse uh, 11 says, Your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. The level of my giving shows the level of my gratitude to God. I know that a lot of, lot of people don't believe that. But I believe that if you are genuinely thankful to God for what he has done, for the life he has given you, for the salvation that, that you have, then you cannot help but being generous to God. The person who is, is stingy to God doesn't understand the grace of God at all. You need to, to understand God's grace and be appreciative of God's grace when you, when you are thinking about giving. You see, if I'm not giving to support the ministry of God's church, it means that I'm not very thankful for what God has done and is doing in my life. See, David's prayer, when he asked the nation of Israel to give to the building of the temple of God, reflects the attitude God's people today should have when they give. He says in 1 Chronicles chapter 29, verses 13 and, and 14, Now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. Everything comes from you, and we have given you only what comes from your hand. So when the people gave for the building of the temple, they did not give with reluctant hearts. They gave out of gratitude. They gave with thanksgiving. Their giving was a result of their thanks. You see, when you give with gratitude, it uh, becomes an act of worship. You see, we give God thanks by singing, by serving, by giving, and also by telling. By telling, number four. Isaiah chapter 12 and verse 4 says, Thank the Lord, praise his name, tell the world what he has done. Oh, how mighty he is. This is what we call a testimony. A testimony is telling others what God has done in your life. Nobody can give your testimony but you. You are the authority on your life. If you don't give a testimony about how God has worked in your life, it is never going to be told. God says that one of the ways we give thanks is by telling our story of how good he has been, of all the wonderful things that he has done in our lives. You see, God wants us to remember how he has worked in our life. But not just to remember, but just to share with others what God has done in our lives. So parents, take the opportunity often to share with your children how good God has been to you. Grandparents, do the same thing. And you'll be surprised 
that they will become thankful also because they have heard something from you and learned something about the grace of God from your testimony. Every opportunity to share your testimony of God's goodness to you is a blessing to somebody who will hear. Others will be blessed by your testimony and God will be glorified. A medical study done some years ago found that people who had the attitude of gratitude and generosity are far more resistant to disease and are healthier than people who are grouchy and grumpy. See, Thanksgiving should be an event, or should not be an event in the life of a Christian. It should be a lifestyle. The Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and and verse 18, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So how can I give thanks in all the circumstances, in, or in all circumstances, when so many of these circumstances are bad, painful, and overwhelming? I can give thanks because I know that God is in complete control of all the circumstances of my life. I know that he is not caught by surprise by what has happened or what is happening in my life. We can take comfort in the fact that God knows the burdens that we bear. He knows the pressures that we feel. He knows the frustrations that we have. He knows the grief that we experience and the help that we need. And God also knows the tears that um, you have shed. He knows the storms that you have endured. He knows the troubles that you have encountered. He knows the trials that you have faced, the pain that you have felt, the fears that you have battled, and the hardships that you have suffered. And when we express our thanksgiving to God all our circumst- for all our circumstances, he replaces our heartaches with gladness. He replaces our fear with courage, our frustration with assurance, our turmoil with peace, and our dissatisfaction with contentment. I don't know about you, but I have much for which to thank God. It is now almost 60 years since I gave my life to Jesus Christ. He has brought me a mighty, mighty long way since August of 1957, when I said, Lord, take my life and let it be consecrated all to you. I accept you as my Savior and my Lord. I do not know what I would be without him. And had I not done that, I could not be here and I could not do some of the things that I, I do and have done. But God has been faithful. He has been good to me. In crisis, he has been my comfort. In helplessness, he has been my help. In loneliness, he has been my friend. In sorrow, he has been my joy. In perplexity, he has been my peace. In problems, he has been my solution. In weakness, he has been my strength. In decisions, he has been my wisdom. And in discouragement, he has been my inspiration. And I think that it was a thankful Christian who wrote, I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. 
I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. Oh, you brought me. Yes, you brought me from a mighty, a mighty long way. A mighty long way. Amen. Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 8 a.m. and at 1045 a.m. You can reach us at 617-427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org. And tune in every Saturday morning at 1030 for another inspiring message of hope and faith. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.